0: Um, Welcome to episode 5 of the Fix Your Sex Podcast where we talk all things sex and yeah, I'm your host Amina and I'm a sex coach, a tantric body worker and an all-around sexual revolutionary and I'm here to share my thoughts and hot takes on how and why we are having bad sex in the 21st century and share some tips on how to have great sex for the rest of your lives Um, Just a quick disclaimer, this podcast is for grown-ups, and there are going to be some sensitive topics being discussed, so if you are under 18, or if conversations about sex, or the usage of profanity bothers you, um, you might want to leave. You've been warned. On today's show, I'm going to talk about demilitarizing the dick, becoming multi-orgasmic. Yes, you two guys, especially guys. And the myth of blue balls. As usual, if I don't run too long, I will check in on questions for me left on the internet. And um, yeah, so let's get started. Why is dick so violent? I mean, it is. I know <laughs> it sounds bad when you say it out loud, but it really is. Like nearly, nearly every um, modern day reference that we have about dick usage is an oppressive, occupational one. I get it. I know. The inherent nature of dick is that it's going to occupy a space. That's an occupier. But it doesn't have to be violent. It doesn't have to be, at least, yeah, it doesn't have to be violent. Um, So I just want to take a little bit of time to talk about demilitarizing the cop. Um, And I thought I'd start by reading from Wikipedia The source of all knowledge on the internet, unfortunately But um, according to Wikipedia Militarization is the process by which a society organizes itself For military conflict and violence And I think according to like pop culture And hip-hop culture That um, heteronormative sex Is also organized for conflict and violence and um when i say heteronormative for me um there's you know you can google it but i'm just talking about sex in which a penis or any other phallic object so it could be your strap-on it could be a penis that you any penis that you've acquired right um or were born with it is placed inside of an orifice with the intent of nutting or coming to orgasm or coming um and it just it's set up in a way that we talk about it violently. Our language around um, that brand of sex, that penis in vagina, penis in um, in the whole sex is violent. It's fucking, it's pounding, it's banging. Um, it's beating the pussy up and they're gang bangs and running trains and you fuck the shit out of someone. It's all about inflicting pain and establishing dominance. And I think it just really makes it impossible or really challenging for us to truly be human when we're having sex, when we've wrapped it up in this package of violence. Um, And when the dick is um, designed or not designed, but when we're socialized to believe that the dick design is to inflict pain. Um, and I think for me, I think we really have to take a pause and, and I say this often, but why are we having sex in the first place? Right. Um, a lot of the conversations about dominance and about, um, you know, the militarist, you know, militaristic dick is really based on not, it it really doesn't come from a place where you're trying to understand um, or experience a, a, a sex, you're just doing it, and you're following suit, right? You're not thinking about why you're having sex. So pregnancies and disease come up; they become something that happens, but it's not, it's not thought. There's no intent behind it. So, um, so I I ask you to ask yourself: Why are you having sex? Are you having sex because you want to procreate? Are you having sex because you find some satisfaction there? What does that look like for you? Um, sex for me is pleasurable. I want to experience pleasure. I'm only going to have sex with the intent of experiencing pleasure. Um, and to to bond with another human. To establish a connection with someone. To not be um, alone. And this is, you know, as Jamila Woods sings, I'm not lonely, I'm, uh, I'm alone. There's moments where you want to not be alone, right? We're tribal in nature. We're communal beings. We're sexual beings. And so for me, um, all of that comes into play when why I want, why I'm having sex. And also I want, um, in that space, I want for my partner to be pleased. And I think that, um with the militarization of Dick, there's not really this idea that you want the partner to be pleased. There's this idea that you are going to please the partner. She's going to like it, or they're going to like it. That's it. Like there's not really like, you know, when I when I talk to men about sex and how they're having sex, um, the, the number, the, there's a way too many men that think that they're really, really good in bed in comparison with the number of women that are actually having orgasms. Like there's some, there's some math that's incredibly off in this situation. And so, um, if we're not, you know, if you're not thinking about how your partner is going to be pleased, or if you are able to please them, then it's, it's really easy to just go into the space where you follow suit with your dick. You do what you've seen on porn. You pound away. Um, and and the receiver likely does what they've seen in porn and they moan and pant, And sometimes they may even get to experience an orgasm. I really do believe that most orgasms that you will experience from this pounding, um, violent sex is, you know, the, the, the cock is going right past the G-spot. It's just flying past that. So there might be some G-spot stimulation depending on the size of the cock, but it's not, you know, you're not getting, most women are not going to be able to experience a G-spot orgasm. And I just want to say for everyone listening that, um, you know, I'm speaking specifically vaginal sex for me. And, um, I want to explain why for me, I've only in my lifetime had a few orgasms from anal sex and, I, let me tell you that there was no pounding or banging or fucking. It was definitely a slow, gentle process as, um, as anal sex tends to be for people that are not having a lot of it because it's just, it's more uncomfortable. You can't go right in and start, you know, just fucking the shit literally out of an asshole. It will be messy and painful and you probably will lose a friend or a lover, um, so anyway, I say all that to say that I can't speak much to militarized cock when it comes to anal sex. If any of you listening, anyone out there who catches this podcast one day and is experienced in receiving and coming from cock in the ass, let me know. Um, I would love to hear from you. I would love to get, you know, hear your point of view and, and learn, you know, have a conversation around that. I just, I can't speak much to that. Um, I speaking from my experience, um, cervical orgasms are are really deep. And in tantra, we you know we talk about them being um, oftentimes like you know way more powerful. When you hear people talk about the full body orgasms, a lot of, for women, a lot of that is rooted in um, in the in the cervix, right? Um, the cervix is the point. It's um, where your heart, you know, in reflexology, is the heart point. So it also induces feelings of love And like um, acceptance And all this warm fuzzy Which enhances orgasm Like you wouldn't believe But um, I let la- us say all that To say that the cervix is also Very sensitive um, Any woman out there That's ever had an IUD put inside of it Or that had it dilate While they were getting ready to go um, You know go into labor it Can tell you And Oftentimes, when you're having sex with someone with a really um, lengthy cock, or um, if you have a really long dildo, um, it can be really, it can be painful even to to tap on that. And I always call it moving around furniture. Like I'm just not personally a fan of really long dick because I have a sensitive cervix, and um, I just yeah, the safari was great to look at, but I. <laughs> It's bad but I know that um, for me it's not comfortable for some women it is it's pleasurable even but when you are taking your cock and you're just ramming it you're going with this violent force like you have to occupy the land and move out anybody that was there before you um, and you're pounding on the cervix then I, there's you know the orgasm that are, that's happening likely to me would be from the the balls kind of um repeatedly tapping on the clit, right? Outside of that, you're really missing the some of the joy, some of the beauty of what is, you know, what is in the cervix. And you're just um causing pain on it to it. And I think a lot of um because of this like normaliza- like normalization of of pain and sex that w- Women are oftentimes assuming that's how it's supposed to be. Um, it's supposed to be somewhat painful. It's been that way since we first started, right? We lost our virginity, it hurt. And then from there on, it's like some verse in the Bible just tells us we're just supposed to always exist in pain. And that's that's how we're doing it. But um, we can stop that. We can stop that in a lot of ways. But first and foremost, with our language, like the way that we refer to... Um, to do, to penis and vagina sex or penis and anus sex, um, the way that we talk about sex and dominance, the language that we use of banging, and uh, I really, I've always hated the "beat the pussy up" term. It's just like, why would I want my pussy beat up? It's why would you want to abuse my pussy? It's beautiful. It's gentle. It smells wonderful. It tastes great. Like this is not a punching bag. Why is this a concept that we have to go forward and be so violent with it? And why, as women, have we um, in, in some cases grown to crave that? Um, where did we where, where did we miss the opportunity to find um, the love and the compassion and the joy and the slow? And the intentional part of pussy worship and, um, and sex. It's, it's just being messed with this violent cock. So, um, I say that to say, I think that we really have to work on that. We have to work on changing the way that we talk about sex. We have to work on changing the way that we approach the, the body, um, Especially the female body, but I'm speaking on my behalf. Uh, really reassess how you're moving, um, and if you're going, you know, I there are people out there in the world that are just it's, you have a strap on and you're going like you don't have any sensitivity there for you um, in the actual shaft of the strap on, right? So what role are you acting out or playing, and in, and uh, in, that is. Supposed to be beneficial for the receiver, um, and and you, but on the receiving end, where is that going? And so I think, like, really thinking about that. When you have, if you were born with the cock and you're using it for penetration, uh, you're, are you really receiving all the sensation? Are you aware of all the sensation as you go at it violently? As you. You know, pound away. Are you able to take away pleasure from that? Are you truly existing in a space where it is truly pleasurable? Not just that it feels good, it feels kind of good. I like this. She's cute. He's cute. They're cute. No, look a little deeper, a little more into that. So, um, I really think that you know, do it's baby steps, but I do think that we can start to. Better understand the the bodies that we're with. It's 2018. There's so much information. There's so many sex coaches. There's so many books written. Um, Huffington Post probably has a hundred thousand articles on sex written by actual sex experts, written by you know um, psychologists and sex therapists and and whores and um, you know you can learn a lot from a variety of folks when it comes to sex and you need to know how to operate the machinery, not just the one you're going into, but the one that you have also. Um, if you only, you know, it's like when I moved here from Hawaii, I moved to Atlanta from Hawaii. And for the last 12 years in Hawaii, I really haven't driven much over the 30 miles an hour, right? It's just how it is. On occasion, I get on H1 or H3 and I could go, you know, 65 miles an hour for about, eight minutes because that's how long the highway is and that's it other than that you know h1 h2 45 miles an hour some spots 55 coming here to atlanta it's 85 miles an hour have been driving a car f- all my life that doesn't mean i know how to drive in this in this environment you've been having sex all your life that doesn't mean that you know what you're doing <laughs> so or you know how to, um, you know, that you're you're doing it to your maximum potential. You could be having better sex. Um, you could be, your partner could be enjoying sex a lot more, but we just got to figure out how to get you there. And I think a big part of it is taking, you know, moving away from the violent militaristic nature in which we refer to Dick. So, um, I think, you know, perfect segue, but I think that helps you also to become multi-orgasmic. Now, men, listen up. Um, Because a friend of mine and I were talking recently, and he was a little taken aback by the idea of men being multi-orgasmic. And in our conversation, I realized, oh, okay, there are probably some men out there that are thinking, oh, well, I had sex, you know, three times on Saturday. So I had three orgasms. One was in the morning, one was in the afternoon, one was in the evening. That is not what we mean by multi-orgasmic at all. Um, What I mean by multi-orgasmic is to like actually in one sexual experience to go through several peaks and valleys of orgasm so that you are peaking in this... um, me back up a little bit, because also I need to be very clear that ejaculation and orgasm are homies, but not the same thing. Um, you can and should have orgasm without ejaculation. If a woman ejaculated every time that she orgasmed and, and she's, and many women are multi-orgasmic, that would be really messy, right? So you don't need, ejaculation is a response. It is not necessary, um, it's not even functional for the orgasm itself. The orgasm itself is, is totally different. And so I just want to start there. Like we're not talking about many orgasms in a day. Um, and the best place to start there is really to, again, why are you having sex? If you're having sex for pleasure, don't you want a lot of it? one orgasm or three orgasms. Well, if you like orgasms, shouldn't you get more than one? It's like, it should be pretty like, yes, is the answer. Okay. Don't even think about it. The answer is yes. You want more orgasms. You want to feel them all over your body. You want your whole body to be connected. How that's not going to happen is if you ejaculate. So, um, semen retention not you know holding back so that you don't um, explode jizz all over or inside of your partner is the main step to becoming multi orgasmic. Learning to experience pleasure without ejaculation is it, it's it's going to help you. Um, I you know always talk about my meditation practice in the morning, which I which I masturbate and I. Focus on you know I can think about a number of things, but I focus on the pleasure. I don't necessarily. I'm not trying to make myself squirt. I am trying to make myself. um, I'm trying to experience pleasure, not make myself anything. I'm I'm there to experience pleasure. So uh, step one for men that are listening, if you want, or for women. Who would like for their partners to become their male partners. Or for men who would like their male partners to become multi-orgasmic. Whoever you are in the world. If you want your partner to become multi-orgasmic. Stop coming. Stop, Stop ejaculating. Even in masturbation. Go to your space. Your masturbation spot. Wherever that is. It's in my bed for me. But for many it's in the shower. And as you stroke your cock when you start to feel to the point like s- slow down none of the back and forth jacking off motion where you're obviously going to make yourself come that's your 100% your goal experience the pleasure of it um and get used to that and walk away from it you you'll be fine you will not die i promise um the other thing you have to work on well there's a whole fun there's a whole list there's a whole book in fact um Called the multi-orgasmic man. There's a multi-orgasmic woman. And a multi-orgasmic couple. I'll write, um, uh, Montachia. I hope I say his name right. He also has written a wonderful book. About genital massage. Or sex organ massage. So, but anyway. I digress. In his book. Um, he talks about. The, um, your, like, pelvic floor. Your PC muscle. So, um, for men. It's if you are going to the bathroom and something happens and you got to stop peeing, you know, it's that that muscle that you clench, right? Women have kegels. We we tend to be more familiar with our pelvic floor. Um, Men, you can become familiar with it too, and I encourage you to become familiar with it because it really does help for you to get to a point where you can experience multiple orgasms. It is possible. Um, I'm not gonna go deeply into it because there are books that are written by experts, but I just I can't express enough that the the third thing is breath, and I can't express enough that like learning how to breathe during sex um, is huge. Learning how to breathe, learning how to um, learning about your pelvic floor, learning how to control it, how to um, strength, strengthening the muscles of your your PC muscle, and um, and practicing semen retention, practicing the art of not ejaculating, and just experiencing pleasure, is really what you know the the three key steps to getting to a space that allows you to experience multiple orgasms. Where you know you are, I mean, if you have not had a multiple orgasm or not experience multiple orgasms, I'm so, so sorry. It is the most amazing thing. Um, I can't imagine living in a world without them. Uh, it's there. You know, you, you get more time to connect with your partner. And one of the things about the multiple orgasm is that when you, when you reach these peaks and you're not going to ejaculate and roll away from your partner. You get to stay there in bliss and stay connected to your partner and it just feels like what love smells like. So you it's it's a whole different way of fucking. And um and I just think that if you're not there yet then then work on it. Go get the book, study with it, grab a partner, and swing your partner around and round, because um, it can change your whole life, it will change the way that you view sex, and the time of day that you can have sex, you wake up, you know, wake up and have sex, and you can still go to work and be functional, or you have some evening sex, and it's not lights out, you know, um, it just changes the whole way that you move in life, so, and I, I encourage you to do that, and and I need you to know that your balls are not going to fall off. Blue balls are, it's, it's, it's a myth. There's some discomfort that you might feel. Some male um, folk will feel discomfort from not ejaculating. There's an entire population of women who are uncomfortable and not having orgasms. You will handle um, first and foremost. Let's just start there. It's not a pain that much of it is in your head, which I'm not going to totally invalidate you, but much of it is in your head. Um, Much of the the, the sex is this is how it's going to work. Okay, there are going to be times where things that are happening in sex are not completely comfortable Um, and you can you can fix it. You can learn to handle it. You can um, meditate past it. You can grow with it. You can pay attention to what the discomfort is, where it's at, and how to resolve that. You can hire a sex coach like me, and we can talk about things that will help you move past that. But no one's dying from blue balls. It's a uh, you know a small portion of the population will experience some pain, or not even really pain. It's just discomfort, um, and and it's it's okay. It lets you become more in touch with your, your body. Um, it's fine. It's okay. It's just sensitivity and you can experience that and be okay. Um, and you are go, like I said, you're not going to live. It's, there's nobody that, that died from it. There's no reason to guilt your partner into fixing it or to guilt yourself into fixing it after if you're working on semen retention and softening up the way that you are are fucking. Um, you know, making... Sex should be a loving, healing, fulfilling experience it, that does not, you know, rely on a male's ejaculatory response. Like, that just can't be the center of it. That takes away so much from it. It takes away the woman's space and ability to... Um, to really be a part of it as well like it's it's not it's one sided i guess is what i'm trying to say so yeah anyway i had one question that i did want to answer i talked about it on my old school stream last night and um and because it's not archived i wanted to bring it up um i had a question that was how do I get spiritually in tune with my spouse during sex? I've had this happen before with an ex, but I want this connection with my wife. And I can understand that. Um, I think it's a beautiful question. So thank you for reaching out and asking me. And I think, um, you know, I, I, you are all probably going to get tired of me saying it, but you have to co- sit with your wife and Find out what she needs from sex. Um, why are we here having sex? A lot of times we're just having sex because it's what we're supposed to do in our heads. We haven't thought about what we need to get from it. And so you will not have a spiritual connection with your wife or any of you with any spouse, any, any partner if you're not in tune with what you both are trying to achieve truly from sex. Um, and that it can change what you want. What I want from sex today is not what I wanted from sex ten years ago. but thinking about it might help might be the catalyst of change um, and and understanding what it is if your wife is seeking more pleasure so that she can feel like she's receiving something from you that's sacred and that's beautiful, then we got to work on that, right? And by you working on that, that connection grows. Um, But if she's trying to receive um, a better sense, just more intimacy, then that's going to change the way in which you move in sex. And it's also going to change the way in which you connect. And so I think to, um, and same thing for you, it depends on what you're seeking. You both have to uh, get attuned to what you're going after in this sexual practice that you have. Um, it can't, if you're lying in your marital bed and it's, that's just what it is. You, you're both good looking and, or you, you know, both find each other attractive and you want to, you know, experience sex, then that's, you know, there's not a lot of depth to that some fun in it. I'm not knocking, you know, casual feeling sex, but it doesn't sound like that's what you're interested in. So in order to kind of get what you want, you have to talk to each other and and it's okay to communicate, right? We should, we need to communicate more in sex. We need to communicate more around our sex, conversations about sex with our lovers. We just keep going in it Thinking we got this, and we don't we don't know what we're doing with another body with another human. what you were doing worked great for your ex, but yes it's the connection's not there sexually for you and your wife, so you have to change it up, and that it's gonna be some listening and you know some practice and some hearing and some talking, so yeah, that's where I would start. And I hope that that is a good place for you and that you are able to um, move from there. So thank you for asking your question um, or your question. And that's it. That's all I got today. Um, Thank you for tuning in and being a part of this journey. As I mentioned last time, I'm still working to move my podcast to Instinct Radio, but I'm heading back to Hawaii next week. So I've postponed it until April this will give me some time to work on some things. And I have a lot of stuff in the works. So I'm really excited for the second quarter of 2018. I will have a live Tantra show um, at an art gallery on Friday, April 13th at the Blue Bisque, which is in um, the Castleberry neighborhood of Atlanta. So if I'm going to have a little lecture, some Q&A, and then a live performance So if you are interested in seeing what it looks like, and trust me, you are interested, it is sexy as shit, Um, then come out and watch and learn and ask questions and listen to my lecture and yeah, otherwise, um, otherwise just thank you for for checking in and and I will be sharing more information. If you're not on my mailing list, uh, my email list, please do sign up. You can sign up on my website which is www.atltantra.com. That's ATL at the airport code T-A-N-T-R-A.com. And um, you can also follow me on Instagram, Atlanta Tantra, which I post all my information and all my upcoming events there as well, along with tons of sexy photos and fun sex tips. So yeah, that's it. I hope you all have a wonderful month of March enjoy all the um, holidays and the Ides of March and St. Patrick's Day and have lots of great sex and be intimate, love the world a little bit more than you usually do. I will see you all at the next podcast. Until then, aloha and ahui ho.